0: So, one of the many interesting angles out of this uh, horrifying story from Saturday is. A, a dude on a, a supposed neo Nazi website made some statements after Trump spoke, saying, All right, Trump's with us, or, you know, along those lines. Right. He didn't call us out. But so that got a bunch of attention. So then GoDaddy yanked that uh, website. They said, you, we, We're not going to host you anymore. You can't have a website on GoDaddy anymore. Mm-hmm. Even though it'd been there for quite a while. And there are others, I guess. Um, so is that the current stance? You can't have a website on. Uh, if you have political leanings that are
1: abhorrent. Well, I think it's a moving target. I'm not sure there is a uh, current stance, but let's ask Elizabeth Dwoskin, Silicon Valley correspondent for The Washington Post, who joins us now. Elizabeth, welcome. How are you?
2: Good. Good morning. Thanks for having me on the show.
1: Good morning uh, to you. So uh, what should we know about the uh, GoDaddy and what's it, Stormer Today or something? What's
2: happening? The Daily Stormer. It's yeah. a, a neo-Nazi website. Um says some pretty um, pretty repugnant things, um, including after the the day after the the car crashed into the protesters uh, the woman who passed it ran a story calling her promiscuous um, calling her some very ugly words and essentially saying she deserved to die wow um, Yeah, so it's about as bad as it gets. And so GoDaddy, which hosts 71 million domain names, um, registers them and hosts sites, uh, they pulled their registration from the site's registration. Now, that didn't mean you couldn't get to the site, but it means that it would be hard to find it on Google. So essentially, you know, for anyone who does political organizing, uh, the alt-right leader, Richard Spencer, said, you know, we wouldn't be anything without Twitter or Google. So clearly, it's essential and, you know, this has created a, a huge backlash in, right, in the right-wing world because this has happened. Uh, but what was very fascinating that happened yesterday is you see this tech company that, you know, GoDaddy. I mean, you use them to register a domain name. It's like the basic pipes of the Internet. It's, it's so low on the kind of infrastructure totem pole. You know, they're not Facebook. They're not a social media company. But they're pushed into the political maelstrom, and they had to make a choice and you know just bear in mind that GoDaddy hosts 71 million sites plenty of neo-Nazi sites plenty of sites with a 71
1: content. million sites on GoDaddy right and i was just going to say i would guess there's, names. there's plenty of sexual perversion there's probably a handful of islamic fundamentalism there're probably some uh, i hate white people like far left sites probably
2: I, I'm sure that there's everything, you know, that this is the Internet and this is the challenge with any of these companies that, you know, have a terms of service. They have a code of conduct, you know, so it says there, you know, you, we, you know we prohibit sites that have pornography. We prohibit sites that incite violence. And I'm they, they sure they get, because I talked to a smaller company, Cloudflare, which still does some services for the Daily Stormer, and they said they get 15,000 complaints a week. And they're a startup, 15,000 complaints a week of abuse of their sites. So you can see how these companies have these policies, but they don't really enforce them well, because uh, the scale of the Internet and their business is so large.
0: Yeah, so is it just a business decision? Like, you know, if we start, you know, firing customers, how are we going to make any money? Or is it like, does because Do, does GoDaddy, for instance, have somebody who regularly Google sites to see if they have neo-Nazi sites on GoDaddy, or do they just not pay any attention until one of them becomes super hot?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. Do they actively, proactively pursue enforcing their policies, which say we don't want, we don't want websites that incite violence? They used to say, no, here's a little wrinkle. They used to say in their policy, we prohibit websites that have offensive content. Now, a lawyer. That's oh, pretty a broad day. for the that, internet. <laughs> that's pretty gosh darn broad for the internet, I would say. Um, and they quietly, actually, last month, they got some flack for hosting this neo Nazi site. Um, and what you have is it's not just a neo Nazi site. I mean, look what happened this weekend. It's one of the largest protests, it's one of the largest gatherings ever of neo Nazi and white supremacists that have been you know, in recent memory in this country. So you have this moment where people are very emboldened by Donald Trump. White supremacists are very bold, emboldened by Donald Trump, and um, they're organizing a lot on the internet. So the internet is their main tool. So in that context, the tech companies, even something as kind of low on the infrastructure totem pole, the web, you know, the web infrastructure totem pole like GoDaddy is getting attention. So a month ago, somebody called them out and said you have this privacy, this policy that says you don't allow offensive content. Here you are hosting this neo-Nazi site that was at the time publishing the phone numbers of a Jewish family in Montana, um, you know, which you could say that, that is inviting people to go threaten these people. It was publishing their contact information. Um, so they were called out on the Daily Beast. And then quietly in the last month, they took out the offensive language from their policy. And so now the policy no longer says, we prohibit offensive language. Well, I just wonder if
0: it's, I I, I wonder, you know, a lot of these websites, I wish they didn't exist, but I just wonder if it's unrealistic for a Google or a GoDaddy or anybody to uh, to 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 be in charge of trying to police this stuff, it would just be you'd you'd do
1: it nonstop. Well, not only that, but uh, I got to throw in another wrinkle Wait, because like, why have a
2: policy at all if you can't really if you can't really uphold it? Why have gives it you an all?
1: opportunity Isn't to yank them if, if you have to? I guess yeah, it's it's a fail safe in case you decide you have to yank them for business purposes or moral purposes. But one thing I, what happens all the time on Twitter. Uh, I have become aware of uh, aware of is people will report somebody whose point of view they don't like as uh, disseminating hate speech or whatever, and Twitter will shut them down even though they don't disseminate hate speech. The other people just disagree with them, so it's like uh, you know calling the cops and saying your neighbor has a meth lab, essentially. And so, not only do companies have to deal with an astounding volume of uh, websites and users, but they're also getting trolled it's and getting manipulated. Yeah. Manipulating. Exactly. Um, good word. Excuse it's a, if you're a professional writer. Um, <laughs> Elizabeth no, no, is no, online, a Silicon Valley yeah, correspondent yeah. for the WAPO. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
2: No, it's that manipulation. You're absolutely right. I mean, that was so one of the companies. So yesterday what happens is, you know, GoDaddy pulls the site. Then the site goes to Google. They re-register with Google. Then Google gets some flack and Google immediately pulls the registration. And then you see that there's this other company called Cloudflare, Flare, which continues to provide some security services where traffic flows to their site. So then everyone starts, you know, tw- on Twitter, Cloudflare, 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 why are they doing this? And so Cloudflare pushes back and basically says, no, you know, we don't want to be in the business of being the arbiter of truth. We don't want to be the Internet's police. We don't, we're, we're agnostic. And I talked to them and I said, look, are you saying that even if you are providing services to a website that is literally saying, go kill people, this type of people, and then people go out and kill them, you're not going to stop providing services to that site? And they said no. So they're on the the totally extreme end, and they said, you know what, we can't. And to your point about manipulation, they said every week we get 15,000 of these abuse complaints, and we're we're operating worldwide. And we can tell you that in a lot of countries, there are political groups— that are using us to shut down the voice of people they disagree with. Happens all the time. Wow, good stuff. How can we be in a position to know? We're not.
0: Very interesting. That was Twitter's original plan, right? They were going to be completely the Wild West. And then they either got a conscience or, or got pressured to do it or I don't know. You know what caused them to change, but
1: there has never been a totalitarian regime that has said we're shutting down these voices because they threaten our regime. No, they always say that they're <laughs> they're sick, they're radicals, they're perverts, they're terrorists, you know, they're terrorists, etc. That's so yeah, it makes it extremely difficult. No, the example you just gave is incredibly troubling. I mean, if somebody is actually inciting violence, which is a, a crime. Then I, I hate them existing. But once you but start if, down that if road, if I, Joe Getty, uh, the libertarian conservative type, am labeled a hate monger by enough people who don't like my point of view, then I'm silenced too, and that's that's well, and then you've got to counter silence the other people and the rest of it. And I I just don't know where it ends. Tough I think, situation, uh, Elizabeth. Is anybody talking seriously about shutting down the internet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it was a bad idea. We didn't think it through.
2: Maybe it may be, uh, you know, I think uh, not even our enemies, they, they want that.
1: <laughs> yeah, some <laughs> yeah. days, some they, days they like I really do. our
2: internet too much, too.
1: Yeah. Elizabeth Dwoskin of the Washington Post covers Silicon Valley and tech issues and that sort of thing. Uh, good to talk to you. Thanks. Good to talk to you, too. Thanks for having me All right, back. Yeah, it's our pleasure. I know I'm in a minority here,
0: but I, uh, I on the whole, would go pre-internet age if I could go, have the world go back to before the internet. I think things were better off. No way. I don't think I'm just an old person yelling at kids Kids today.
1: No, no, I, I'm not on your side of it, just because I've always hated humanity, and so <laughs> I just have more evidence now.
0: I don't like what it's done to media. I don't like what it's done to news, all news information. I don't like passwords. <laughs> oh.
1: I like what it's done for, for music and art in and, and humor. You can see all sorts of great stuff and... And the creative energies of humanity are much more easily accessed without you corporate gatekeepers. You can't
0: make any money off of it, but you can yeah. share yeah. your art if you want. Yeah. Um, God, my, my hospital. I've been using their website for a couple of years now. Been great. They just last week, which is pretty ironic. Just last week, they revamped their website, and now they have new password requirements oh boy. that require all this different crap. Last week, we learned, if you were listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show, the guy who invented all those password requirements came out and said they're pointless. (laughs) So now this new website, unusable, haven't been able to get in. It claims it never heard of me before. Just all, and anytime they try to advance something, it gets worse. That's been my experience, like nine out of ten times. You redo a website or anything like that, and It's worse. I don't know why that is. I'm amazed that I can understand in the early days of the internet why that happened. I'm surprised we haven't caught up to that yet, the IT world. I assume it will at some point. I'll bet automobiles for the first, like, 20, 30 years, they always broke down. Yes. People were complaining all the time. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm surprised the internet hasn't got worked out better. I thought that guy last week, I want to send a letter to the the website and say, did you see this article in the Wall Street Journal? The guy who invented the stuff you just mandated says it's all pointless. Maybe uh, give that a look. The exclamation point, the numbers, the letters. I think you really ought to do a weekend show,
1: Jack on Tech. (laughs) For people who wish the internet didn't exist.
3: Yes, I think that would be the audience. (laughs) Sometimes an update, they'll they'll improve like two things, but then 20 things are just different and not as good. Right,
0: right. That seems to happen mostly.
3: I don't actually care much about you
1: or your site. All I want to know is when is my appointment? Right. That's all I require. Right. That's the only employee I need. And you know what? If the Russian mob gets that information, I don't care. Oh, they no. can come along. <laughs> the Russians know I'm supposed to give
0: a urine sample at 4 o'clock on Tuesday. Right. Yeah, that's what we were talking about the other day. There should be an opt-out for people who don't care if their information is hacked. I'm all right with it all being out there. We should all get to check that box somewhere. Um... That was interesting stuff. I want to talk about that more. Anybody got any comments? 415-295-KFTC. I mean, there's got to be a thousand neo-Nazi sites on GoDaddy today, right? Yeah. Neo-Nazi, classic Nazi, proto-Nazi. Right. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. interesting texts. A lot of you are pissed off about her. They were emboldened oh, by Donald Trump comment, yeah, which yeah, was, you know, yeah. that's like her opinion, man. Um, I don't think
1: they were discouraged by Donald Trump's oh, they, election.
0: They definitely were not.
1: Would you agree with me there, angry Ab- textures?
0: Absolutely. But, uh, yeah.
1: I also, you know it,
0: wasn't, I know... it wasn't necessary to go there for this particular angle we're looking at to get into that conversation much less
1: to repeat it but you know it's, it's her right which is the uh, well, and we can here's the and we got to tell you this all the time if we stopped to have an argument with every statement that we disagree with by every guest we would just never get anywhere and i understand why it's frustrating sometimes but retweets
0: are not endorsements retweets are not Or
1: failure to argue with people is not necessarily right. an endorsement
0: of course not um uh, so we got a bunch of texts on this and it's the, so GoDaddy, uh, kicked the neo-Nazi site off when it got so much national attention. they have been hosting it for a long time. Did they know it existed or not? Probably technically no. I don't think they're looking for them either. No. Why would you? You're in the business of hosting websites. And as she pointed out, if, if you spent your time trying to. Find websites that are objectionable by everyone's standards, by most people's standards, by the majority
1: of people's standards. I mean, what's what are your drawing the line here? Right. Keeping in mind that, I mean, just within the United States, the First Amendment exists to protect unpopular speech because popular speech doesn't need it. And they get so many false
0: flag warnings. That's the wrong term. They were falsely flagged. False flag is a different phenomenon. Yeah, uh, falsely flagged websites or commentary just because people hate you because you're a liberal or hate you right. because you're a conservative. So they say this is hate speech, and then so they got to figure that out. No, this isn't hate speech. This is just, so. And, been, and meanwhile, they're trying to run a company. Meantime, while they're trying yeah. to r- run a web hosting company. And how do you do that? That's something, you know, that's why I want to go back to the pre-internet days. But this hasn't been worked out yet. How about this business idea? Free speech web hosting. You can post anything, no oversight. A couple of companies have tried that. Twitter tried that. Mm-hmm. But then you get down to, okay, we know this guy's a terrorist. He's he's talking about terrorist attacks. He's 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 recruiting people. How do we keep that on our... Business, right? How do we keep that on Twitter? And once you kick that person off, okay, now you've opened the can of worms. It's on. It's Ryan. on. Where do you draw the line? It's it's complicated. Um, is racism merely a political position? Yeah, that's that's a good argument. Is it is it against the law to you don't couldn't you you're not violent, but you think whatever race is better than other races, or you just is think, that against the law? Is that is that speech that can't, shouldn't exist?
1: What if you're a segregationist? Right, You think, oh, all races are perfectly fine, but we're all better off and have happier lives if they don't mix. I mean, that's certainly racialism. Are you going to kick that off of GoDaddy or Google or whatever? Yeah. What about, I hate white people because of various historical sins or or whatever, whatever your perception is, or violent cops or whatever. I just hate white people. You got to kick that off. I mean, because that's clearly racism. But there are zillions of those sites.
0: I think so. I think GoDaddy probably handled it. She was calling them uh, hypocrites. I think GoDaddy probably handled it the way most companies are going to handle it. They know these sites are there. If they get a bunch of attention, we'll kick them off. If they don't, we're not looking for them.
1: Right. That's kind of real-world uh, solutions, problem-solving. I get that. It doesn't look good in print, but come on, I totally get that. Boy, well, you start policing political
0: speech on all your on your, all your websites; that's going to be really tough. And social media,
1: well, nobody has any restraint. That's the problem. I happen to be. I'm looking at this article right now. It was in the uh, the the San Francisco Chronicle, um, written by. This is weird. This website I'm on it scrolls sideways. You know, like. Do your mouse uh, roller thingy, and it goes left and right instead of up and down. It's very disorienting. Blowing my mind. It's freaking me out, man. Trisha Thadani wrote a, uh, a really quite nice piece about um, doxing. It's essentially doxins. It, no, <laughs> no, doxing or dropping docs. It's it's outing people on the internet. For doing something or saying something you don't like, and then like revealing personal information to try to ruin their lives or get them fired or screw yeah. them or whatever.
0: This is one of the scariest parts of the internet.
1: Yeah, and and uh, in the wake of the uh, the, the 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 march oh the scumbags in Charlottesville. Um, there are a lot of people on the left who are like exposing all those people for being racist, getting them fired from their hot dog job in Berkeley. Or there's one guy who's essentially, uh, um, his, co- his, his, not his company, his, um, his family put out a statement essentially disowning him and saying he will not be welcome at our family table until he disavows these obnoxious views, blah, blah, blah. Wow, but so there's a lot of that going on. but it's it's just like what you're talking about with uh, that, oh, what they're doing over there is hate speech. You cannot trust people to be responsible and restrained. They also, um, uh, uh, Trisha in her piece, has an example of a guy who's now gotten physical, work, personal threats of every sort for being at that rally but he was 1300 miles away. He wasn't at it. Yeah. It was another guy, etc. So now this guy's dealing with this online nightmare and he was nowhere near it.
0: Yeah, that's the problem with the whole social media thing. It's vigilante justice.
1: Right, which it's, we've said many times. The world needs a little bit of vigilante justice, but it almost never goes well. Yeah, the reason you don't allow it is because it always
0: gets out of hand. And so people get ahead of steam up for ruining lives of uh, of people who are at this march and you start getting the wrong people or somebody with the same name or whatever. Happens all the time. Right. Right. And then we've had, had the examples through the years of somebody telling a you know inappropriate joke in private, but it's overheard, and then somebody puts it out on social media and go after the job, they lose their job.
1: And then everybody <laughs> pretends that there is no difference between things you say in private and things you state to the public. When everybody knows, every honest person knows, there are things you whisper in church, then there are things you stand up and say to the entire congregation in church. There are things that you tell your best friend, there are things that you publish in the newspaper.
0: What do you whisper in church versus what you say out loud in church?
1: The minister's gotten fat. (laughs) 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 It's just a, for instance, that's fat shaming. I mean, if if I if I whisper that to my wife, for instance, that is merely being petty and small and shameful. Uh, if I say it out loud, that's being cruel. It's different.
0: And you're cool with the small and shameful. You don't want to be cruel,
1: right? Gotcha. Exactly. Don't be cruel. Ooh ooh <laughs> ooh heart that's true or a minister who's gained a few pounds <laughs> who, who among us have oh speaking of which i think i actually came to this insight so i feel like i was hit by a bus uh, because judy and i took this five mile hike yesterday up and down hills and dales and it was really tiring it was longer than we thought it was going to be so by the end we were kind of dragging and i feel like i was hit by a bus today loop or a there and back uh loop um I like
0: there and backs because I have some idea of...
1: (laughs) Well, right. If you get 45 minutes in and you think, we're not at the end yet, we're 45 minutes in, you have a reasonable idea of how long it'll take Mm -hmm. you to get back. Yeah, but you're right. I was seduced by the loop. Um, But I had this insight because, you know, I was thinking, all right, I ought to talk about this on the air. But then I thought, God, I sound like some old fart. I mean, it sounds like, oh, you walked five miles and now you're all sore. Is that What are you, 80? And it it dawned on me, there's no need really to do these things until it's unpleasant to do them. If you're at the age where you can do a five-mile hike up and down hills and dales, et cetera, et cetera, and the next day you feel precisely the way you did the previous day, you probably don't need to do it. Or you need to do 20 miles. Well, right. Yeah, that's true. But it's also proof positive that nature wants me dead. <laughs> Here's nature's idea.
0: Nature's on in line. Pardon me? Yeah, nature's in line from the text I see. So,
1: <laughs> get in line, nature. Nature wants you to get to roughly 16 to 17 years of age, reproduce, oh, oh yeah. raise that child uh, or a couple, two tree childs to roughly that same age. So you're a maximum of 42 years old. And then you got to get the hell out of the way. Now, we got room for a couple village elders who can sit there rocking back and forth on their haunches at the campfire and say, hmm, I wouldn't attack that tribe. Hmm, We tried that back in the day. But we only need a couple of those people. And nature is telling you to get out of the way by making you all sore and stiff, doing just average things. Nature
3: It's is, a message.
0: God is screaming at you. You're supposed to be dead by now.
3: Die,
1: would you? <laughs>
3: <laughs> nature never wanted you to hike it in the first place.
1: Well, you got to stay in hiking shape in case the antelope are in the next valley, Vince. I don't kill a lot of antelope, but I'd rather not be dead. So I'm defying nature, spitting in its face. Huh? How do you like that?
0: We need a little CRISPR technology.
1: Is what we need? Oh man! Or the blood of the young. Have yes. they gotten that going yet? Drain <laughs> uh, <they're laughs> young it. people of their close. vital juices <laughs> and sell them yet. to me. <laughs>
4: Almost. <laughs> Let's they get go this going!
0: <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna find a lot of unwise, short-sighted young people oh, and buy their fluids.
1: Please, I nothing can... counts so much as oh. blood. I'm gonna be dry as an old catcher's mitt by the time I'm through with them. You're I'm 22. Have giant Fridge's. I'm gonna have a like how some people have like cabinets in their garage. I'm gonna have a line of stainless steel fridges with the juices of young people in there.
0: You're 22. You think you're gonna feel like this forever? Right. You're not gonna age.
1: You're exactly. the different one. Here's a hundred bucks. No, here's 20 bucks. Sell me your bile. <laughs> or whatever it is I need. I need a pint of your blood.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is the future.
4: So what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, key business leaders getting attacked by President Trump this morning is Putin selling North Korea intercontinental ballistic missiles and the new millennial boom towns. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Giddy. And
0: I'll tell you what, I'll bet our uh, I'll bet our spooks believe that. Russia's selling North Korea those missiles. Mm. What do we do about it? I don't know, because that's, that's, that's something.
1: Putin standing there shirtless, a Strider rhino, poking us in the chest saying, what are you going to do about it?
0: Right. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So I didn't see this, Vincent. It's a visual. Did you watch Mooch on Colbert? A little of it. So, uh... Colbert showed Mooch the famous picture yes. from the Oval Office yes. of when Mooch and Bryant's Priebus were staring each other down. Mm-hmm. I assume he asked him what was going on there. What did Mooch say? Uh,
3: I just said that there was no love lost there. Um,
0: so he's he's not trying to pretend they don't hate each other.
3: Yeah, but he didn't go out and right. call him a spade a spade or whatever.
0: There's that whole team arrivals thing. I mean, you want you want people with differing opinions and and, and disagreements are good. So you get you know blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But you don't want people who hate each other
1: or trying to cut each other's throats with the media,
0: trying to get each other fired. Right. That's that's no good.
3: Well, he talked about the the environment uh, within Trump's mm-hmm. uh, staff and the administration. He said there was infighting. People were leaking stuff all to curry favor with the Donald, all to look good in his eyes.
0: Yeah, well, Kelly's putting an end to that, and I think it's going to include Bannon going. But anyway, let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips.
3: Well, this morning,
4: President Trump is slamming the string of CEOs who have resigned from his manufacturing council. The CEOs of Intel, Under Armour, Merck Pharmaceuticals, and now the head of the Alliance for American Manufacturing, quitting the council amid the fallout over Trump's reaction to the violence in Charlottesville, Virginia. Once again, we have official President Trump tweet
3: reader, Vincent Nicholas. For every CEO that drops out of the Manufacturing Council, I have many to take their place. Grandstanders should not have gone. Jobs! (laughs) All right.
1: The old President's Manufacturing Council and the good work they do. After a week of unusually. I don't mean to be cynical. It, it, the, the president should hear from manufacturers and companies that make stuff in America uh, because I think they have been really neglected.
0: Well, yeah. I like the idea. And that's, you know, a lot of his base and the, the whole, if there is a Trump, if there is such thing as Trumpism or whatever, it's all revolves around that. But I don't think picking a fight with these guys is a good idea.
4: Let them go. Yeah. F- Next After a week of unusually combative threats between North Korea and the U.S., both nations signaling interest in moving away from conflict, maybe toward negotiations, even as North Korean leader Kim Jong-un received plans for launching missiles near Guam and threatened to ring the windpipes of the Yankees, he left open the door for easing tensions. Easy on my windpipe. So why did he do that?
0: Did, uh, did did China finally lean on him and say, look, they're serious. They're going to attack you, so you better back off. Or did he get what he wanted, or he thinks he can buy time, and he's only a month away for getting the, the, the missile or the nuke that he needs to really be able to manipulate
1: the world? Who knows? I think th- the answer is yes to all of those things yeah. you suggested. Delay
4: is good for him. Right. Yep. New York Times reporting North Korea's success in developing intercontinental ballistic missiles was made possible by black market purchases of powerful rocket engines, probably from a Ukrainian factory with historical ties to Russia's missile program. That's according to assessments by American intel agencies. And that may solve the mystery of how North Korea began succeeding so suddenly after a string of fiery missile failures. So, this this is a
0: huge development, I think, and and hasn't gotten any attention today. But if Putin was watching North Korea and thought, "Man, they keep failing. I'm going to get him some good rockets, the mm-hmm. good stuff." Right. Yep. And armed. I mean, a, a, he's already he's arming the Taliban. But you know, arming the Taliban with 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 guns and uh, whatever is is one thing. Giving North Korea missiles to shoot nukes at Chicago, wow.
1: Anything to weaken the United States. That's the policy of China and Russia. And I could easily see, you know, Marshall said black market, which is strictly speaking true. But I'll, I'll bet it was brokered by Putin and his peeps. New York Times report
4: goes on to say that analysts who looked at the photos of uh, the uh, leader, the North leader, Kim Jong-un, inspecting the new rocket motors, concluded they are similar to designs that once powered the Soviet Union's missile fleet. Attention turning to a missile factory in Ukraine, where during the Cold War the factory made the deadliest missiles in the Soviet arsenal.
0: Really? So, the, so that missile plant made their best stuff. Yes, and that's where North Korea got yes. theirs. Oh, please. Well, yeah, come on. It's
1: all. E- it's easy. I mean, you're that plant. You're going to take that in just that risk. I mean, that's death penalty stuff. That's your company is shut down. That's disaster time if you get caught, unless you got the word. Yeah, go ahead. Turns in out, fact, not only, yeah, go ahead, but here's what you're going to do. <laughs>
4: Turns out these days more millennials are moving away from the coast in the larger cities like L.A. and San Francisco, shattering the misconception that they are attracted to all aspects of city life. Actually, moves are being driven in large part by economics. Good! More, Good! That's the way it should work. Millennials move into places they can afford and can in turn gentrify themselves. Southern California's Chapman University Says the areas seeing the most notable growth are the Inland Empire, Riverside, San Bernardino, Redlands, Sacramento, California, San Antonio, Texas, and Detroit. Detroit huh. gaining a lot yeah. of millennials
1: these
0: days. I got a friend who lives in Detroit. I got a couple of friends who live in Detroit actually, because you can buy stuff for nothing. Oh though.
1: yeah, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, it's just you know it's a starting over place for a lot of people. You know, and, and word's going to get around. People are going to move to all these towns. They're going say. You know, uh, we're not close to the ocean, but I never really went to the ocean. I never actually went skiing. So I'm doing the same thing here that I used to do at home, uh-huh. <laughs> which is what's true for like 99% of people.
4: And if you get enough people going in the same direction, I mean, you can rebuild the way you want. And again, you can get things for next to nothing and go ahead and uh, have some have some kick out fun. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the Voice of the West. Interesting.
0: Man, that Russian's giving the new the the missiles to North Korea. Holy crap. How are we going to respond to that?
4: Who do we arm against them? You know, and a sidebar to that story, it was pointed out in the New York Times uh, report that uh, Trump has gone out of his way to lean on China about the missile program, but he said nothing about Russia. Now, I don't know if that means a hill of beans, but they do point it out in the
1: article. Jack, if I want to hurt Russia, i kick him in the gas. Is that a play on words? I'm Joe Getty. Stay with us. <laughs> okay. I'll explain.
0: <laughs> the petering out coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Yo, yo, yo. They think this is the worst summer for movies maybe ever.
1: Really? Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow. I can summarize my Russian strategy in about, you know, 10 seconds. All right. Do anything it takes to lower oil and gas prices. We're doing that, right? Overproduce, sell, et cetera, and we can do more, and we can hit up uh, various allies to to cooperate and, and devastate the Russian economy. That's how you hit Putin. And that's what I'll bet bet you a a ruble we're about to do.
0: But nobody's got nukes pointed at Russia. It's talking about bombing them.
1: (laughs) Oh, well, yeah.
0: No. No. We need to arm somebody that's going to point nukes at Russia.
1: Who would do that? (laughs) Who do you have in mind? How about Denmark?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it's the worst summer in at least 25 years. With uh, only $3.4 billion being made, I wonder if they adjusted that for inflation. Who
3: knows?
0: (laughs) Why are you groaning? You don't like adjusting for inflation?
3: I like it when you adjust. It it would be...
1: (laughs) It's sexy when you do that. Um, (laughs) It would be even more notable if this was a low uh, dollar summer not adjusted for inflation. Right. But I'd like to know how notable. Exactly. Freaking journalism today! It's it's awful. It's
0: just dumb.
1: It's dumb. <laughs> Troubled times. Denmark attacking Russia. It's awful.
0: Are the movies getting worse? We just don't want to go to the theaters. Well, it's all of it, right?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, part TVs of it. TVs are better. Who's we in this scenario? Popcorn's too expensive. Well, is we the American people? Well, sure. The movies are being made for the Chinese uh, market. Hmm. You've got to have international profit to have real profit. You know what one of my keys is?
0: Television's so much better. Yeah, true that. There's so much freaking good television. Here's our guest announcer.
3: That concludes today's Childish Grown-Up Talk. Now, here's final thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. Childish Grown-Up Talk.
1: I was initially annoyed by that, the, the more I think about it. I'll save my movie thought for my final
3: thought. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the team. For instance, Vincent, final thought. Bad name of the day goes a positive, Sean, for the vague affirmations. But Bonmo and rhetorical question we all should be asking ourselves today goes to Joseph Getty for, are we afraid that the mannequins are Nazis? <laughs> uh, Marshall Phillips,
4: final thought. Well, speaking for the Finns who've long held a grudge against Russia, go ahead and arm the Finns.
1: That's right. The Finns, tough people, Indeed. resilient, drunk. Michelangelo, final thought.
4: Yeah, I remember the age when I was at the clubs and the young 20-somethings wouldn't have me. I was
1: 23.
4: Exactly. Oh. <laughs>
1: yeah. Positive Sean, what is your final thoughts, sir? Yeah.
0: Season two of the Emmy-nominated Exposé Scientology and the Aftermath from Leah Remedy begins tonight. It is on your arts and entertainment channel. Check your
3: local listings. Great show.
0: Uh, Jack, final thought. Yeah, that's part of the example right there. It's not hard to believe that more people went to the movies. When Laverne and Shirley was the best thing on television, yeah, you'd go to the movies for something really, really good. Now
1: there are so many shows that are just freaking awesome. Who needs a movie? My final thought is I need a cabin boy. <laughs> <laughs> to I need a young man who... <laughs> Keep me company, and perform certain services. Does he need to be shaven? (laughs) That's up to him. But I need him to come over and figure out my my freaking wireless router doesn't work right. I need a boy! (laughs) Boy! Boy! Get me Wi-Fi, boy!
0: Yeah, better than being a handyman. Well, as good as being a handyman in the modern world is you just do everything tech. Anything. Right. And you can just hire them to come to your house.
1: Yeah, and you know, I'm pretty comfortable with all that stuff, but there's just there's a certain level of knowledge. If you run into a problem that can't be solved in the usual ways, then you've got to learn like a, a whole nother layer of technical stuff. I don't have that hour and a half. No, why would you? Boy,, what are you doing, boy? Come fix it.
0: Boy, that's what you should do is get really good at that and rent yourself out as a handyman. That's a career path right there. I see some stubble on your chest,
1: boy. Take care of
0: that. Ah, It's gotten extra weird. (laughs) Extra, extra weird. Armstrong and Getty are having another
1: grueling four-hour workday. So many people thank, thank you. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America.
3: This is a historic act.
2: what we've done
1: thank you and good night bye bye i would say would you say it say it like the mooch say it like the mooch armstrong and getty the voice of the west